Hey, it's Ruta Black Rose of Fadana Fnan, representing everyday Black millennial women of multiple cultures and faiths. Today we are talking about immigrants and our connection to Black History Month. Right out with us. Hey, good morning. Salam alaikum Farah. How are you? Walaikum salam. I'm well, alhamdulillah. How are you doing? I'm doing fabulous. It's Black History Month. We're super excited. Yes, it is. It's Blackity Black History Month and we are ever excited. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm excited for this episode because I think it's like, a good, especially after a positive inauguration and just, it feels like a refresh, right? And I feel like, especially this Black History Month, we have so much more to celebrate. Not that we didn't have already, like already have a great reason, but I'm feeling especially um, encouraged, excited, energetic. Um, and so I wanted to just kind of check in with you and see like, how are you celebrating a Black History Month? Like, what are some things that you're doing? Yeah. So, you know, interestingly, I've been thinking about like why I do what I do. And we always talk about that. Um, and so I've actually turned inwardly during Black History Month and I'm trying to be less demonstrative or performative around the month and like posting on Instagram, you know, and I, I'm taking in everything that everyone is giving. And so I appreciate people who are, but I think I'm like looking inwardly around uh, Black history, what it means to me reading about uh, certain subjects and topics, you know, and kind of being you know, paying it forward, paying homage in kind of a personal way. Um, but yes, I, I'm not, I'm not posting on Instagram, you know, and not sharing as much as I usually do in an effort to kind of turn inward. But what about you? I love, I love that. I'm not as reflective and I appreciate you for always being like such a great example. This is a space where I don't have a lot of experience or knowledge. And I definitely look to you as like a role model and a resource to be like, but I'm trying to be thoughtful about this. Yeah. <laughs> so I appreciate it. Um, so what I've been doing is, you guys know I'm doing the 28 days of Reels Challenge. I love it. I'm consuming so- all of it, bruh. I love all, all of what you're doing. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate that. So I'm doing one, I'm posting at least one Reel every single day in order to be consistent, to grow my page, yeah. get more followers, all the good stuff. And so what I'm doing is one, a lot of like the people who are engaged in my audience obviously are Black. So Black creators are you know um stretching themselves creatively and they're thinking outside the box which I really love um but for me personally what I'm doing is I'm trying to incorporate something with black history in terms of merch right so for example I have the marathon hoodie shout out to yes. his visual album um that was uh, shared with his by his family last night um and so every day I try to incorporate something that's either like Islamic or black history combined in a way that's like authentic to me so that's been really fun. And so that's just something I'm doing. But I, I love what you're thinking about in terms of like being thoughtful. And like I said, I, I really look to you. So like, help, let, let's get deeper. Let's get deeper, right? I'm down for that. You know, I wish you would have told me I would have put on my uh, victory lap uh, crew neck. Uh, we could have on our nipsy, but that's cool. You know, I'll catch you for the next episode, inshallah. I was about to say, you, you, came, you coming through with the balance, mashallah, the clean and you're all white. Your daddy would be yes, proud of life. This necklace I got from Brownie Points, uh, it says intersectional. I'm like, Ooh. you know what I thought? You know what I thought it said when you first pulled it up? I thought you said intention loss. So I thought to be like, that's not going to be, don't take that from us, but we're going to come up with that for, for Root of Black Girls. Okay. <laughs> Check the merch coming out soon, inshallah. Period. 
<laughs> but yes, in an effort to go deeper and to reflect on Black History Month, of course, it was created by Carter G. Woodson um, to reflect the contributions of Black people in this country. And so the term and how we celebrate is always evolving, but you have to look to history almost to get a, and gain a better understanding around it. And so, of course, as um, children of immigrants, right, you know, you think about how what this month means and what shoulders we're standing on. And so I was reflecting on kind of the black immigrant perspective around black history month and how we celebrate, how we aren't celebrating, how we should be celebrating and what we should be thinking about. Right. And so I was thinking about like uh, immigration laws, pre-civil rights era. And it was really based on like racial racist ideology, right? And only really allowed Northern Europeans to come into this country. So we think about the uh, Civil Rights Act, right? And the civil rights activists and movement. And then there was a law called the, um, the Immigration and Naturalization Act of 1965. So right at the heart of the civil rights era. And previously, um, it says that South uh, Europeans, Southern Europeans, Eastern Europeans, Polish people, Italians, Portuguese, Greek people were barred and not allowed uh, into the U United States. So all of those people, including African immigrants and Asian immigrants, really owe their immigration and lives in America and being American to Black people and Black civil rights activists. Like sit on that, sit on that, right? And so I think it's, it's, you know, then you think a little deeper, right? And there's clearly, like, I don't want to say debt because that's such a negative thing, right? And I think we need to formulate our language respect. around positive and respect, or res being respective, right? And so yeah. respectful, respective, you know, but respectful. And we have to pay, like, pay, pay a debt almost to, to Black Americans in this country. And so you think about, Black History Month and how we're celebrating and what we're thinking about. And I think sometimes we try to dissociate or dismiss kind of our connection to the civil rights movement, but this is a month of reflection, of celebration, and then also a, a check to see how are you pushing the needle forward? Because what's beautiful about this country is that it's an, a, a story that's continuing to unfold and, and kind of craft around a message. And Black like black history matters, right? But black futures matter. And black futures is, is, is often what's going on in the present, right? And so I just think that black immigrants will be crafted into this black history month if we think 10, 20, 30 years from now, decades from now. And it's just like, how did you understand your history to push this message further along kind of the overall black struggle? We've talked about internationalizing struggles in the past, right? So yeah, I was just thinking about history around this. What are your thoughts around this? Okay, first of all, Farah, like, can we talk about how, like, I'm so proud of your career, but like, did you miss your calling, sweets? Ah! Because like, you're so good at this. You're so good, mashallah. Do it. You know, I could totally 100% be better, but you do hit on an interesting point. Anytime anyone's ever asked me, like, what would you do outside of like being a healthcare provider? I was like, oh. I would be a PhD in African-American Africana studies 100% of the time, you know? Yeah. And even yeah. when I was at Berkeley, I was like, there was this uh, guy, um, his name is Jarvis Grisham, and he's like the new Henry Louis Gates of Harvard now, but was educated yeah. at Berkeley. And I would see him, I was like, why am I not, you know, doing what you're doing? But alhamdulillah, I took my behind over to school to, you know, the science department <laughs> and finished out what I had to do. 
right? No, I I just, I really want to give you your flowers right now because I I think you're so talented at like putting this information together in a way that's digestible and you've made an impact in my life. And I just want to be honest, right? Like this is a safe space, right? We're we're all friends, friends, family, sisters here, right? I think we're in a good place for me to be able to share that prior to Rooted Black Girls, I was the person who literally only registered to vote for the president, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> like don't judge, right? Yeah. But I really was that person. I didn't understand what the primaries were. I didn't understand what, what, what the importance of that was. And so I'm so glad that I was able to learn that when Stacey Abrams was going through her campaign and I had you in Atlanta and I was like, girl, okay, what are we doing? And then I got a chance to vote and I experienced voter support depression and that pissed me off and I'm just like I see it now like I was just more visible to it and so I just want to give you your flowers and say thank you because I'm sure there's someone else I'm sure there's someone else on the pod who maybe especially in this climate where there's a lot of shame and cancel culture around like if you're not with us you're against this type of thing and I think there's a beauty in creating space and holding space for people to be like okay I really don't know just like can you just share with me so I can think about it differently and even though like Black History Month like and I'll be honest right like when I was younger we didn't celebrate Black History Month. I didn't even know about Black History Month, maybe until like high school or beyond. I honestly thought, and y'all, again, no judgment. I honestly thought it was related to like Kwanzaa and like this like Afrocentric type of thing. And I was like, I'm not that. I'm American, like Black American, right? And I am, you know, Eritrean. But what does that even mean, right? Like, what does Black American even mean? And I didn't think to challenge those those concepts because we just didn't celebrate it in my family. We didn't think about it. There was no hype around it, you know? So I, I just wanted to say thank you for, for sharing and for kind of always making and challenging me to look deeper into like my connection to my Blackness and my identity of being like Black American, mm-hmm. you know, Blacker, bl- Black and Blacker as I like to say, right? Um, and then just putting it like so simply, you know what I mean? So just shout out to you because yeah. I am learning with you. I am growing and and we we, we need to do something with this talent you got, okay? Because we love you on the pot, but like we got to give you some speaking engagements or some coins or something. Uh, uh, <laughs> but you know, it's just, I think what's interesting is my father came to this country in the 70s and 80s. And so he went to school weird fact here I was born in Oklahoma because that's where my dad went to undergrad right and that's where my parents got married and so um while he was there he took calculus and he was the only black student and the teacher called him out and said hey you should just drop out because and called him the n-word right like you're not going to do well and he ended up getting the highest grade right because he was like determined like you're not going to do this with me and so he i think at a very young age you know in his early you know teens or 20s he was actually went to undergrad a little later so in his 20s um he knew that he his struggle of being a black immigrant was not uh absent of or lack he didn't lack understanding around a kind of connective thread around the black American struggle in this country, right? So in our household, there, you know, and I, and I get it, right? I think uh, in our particular household, there was no divorce or separation of like the black experience from the black immigrant experience. We had our ethnicity of being Somali or Somalilanders, um, but we always understood that we were black, right? And there was no like, there's uh, us against them. You know, I think my dad was big on like good people, good influences, right? So he didn't care who you were. He'd close the door in your face if he felt like you were trash around us, right? He really understood early on, and maybe he didn't put words words to this, but he really understood that uh, the the 
privilege that we hold by having citizenship in this country, because uh, really what happened is we're seeking refuge either by getting a better education, right, or a re refuge around war, right? And so we were leaving and, and separating ourselves from these struggles from different countries and then came into this country where we received citizenship, which was rooted in struggle, but a struggle we don't know, you know, ourselves. And so we literally sit and stand on the shoulders of black people in this country. And so if we think about how we move forward, right? It's, it's I, I saw an interesting fact around like black, uh, foreign born blacks, right? Like African immigrants have uh, college degrees at a higher rate than the overall US population. And I literally died, right? Overall US meaning white folks too. And so, and we only represent 18% of black people in this country. And so I think if we're not, thinking of, you know, if we choose to then otherize ourselves or make ourselves other than or separate from black people, we're doing ourselves a disservice and we're lacking accountability and responsibility about the citizenship privileges that we've held in this country from the civil rights yeah. activists and leaders in this country and the movement. So, you know, it's just like, yo, we better be reflective and be thoughtful and really put like intention and action together so that we're kind of celebrating celebrating black history and really understanding why you know where we are and how we've gotten here yeah absolutely i love that i love that and i think you know that comes that, that calls to question like okay so for those who may be listening and who like me haven't actually made that connection prior or it you know beyond like recent years mm -hmm. like what are some ways that you recommend that we can celebrate right like how can you know immigrant africans support and celebrate during this time like what yeah. are some ways i know that you're doing like a reflective thing personally but are there any other considerations or recommendations that you have yeah, I'd always, you know, I would tap into reading, right? That's always like a personal journey that you can have. I love uh, authors from like Bell Hooks who talks about like feminism and black feminism specifically, James Baldwin, especially like The Fire Next Time. That's always a great book. Um, yeah, anything from the our civil rights reader, leaders. Uh, I've really been doing a deep dive into Stokely Carmichael or who changed his name to Kwame Torre, you know? And so, you know, of course, reading books and becoming more knowledgeable about like African and the Pan-African movement and then black history in this country, right? We always love like the autobiography of Malcolm X, which is an amazing novel and a great coming of age story, but like just educating yourself around topics, number one. And then, you know, we're members of a, a black, historically black sorority. Um, and that organization is uh, rooted in social movement. And it's actually, and I always tell this, like the reason why Delta got me and I got Delta is because they said that they were the only organization based in social action. And upon their founding, yep. marched in the women's suffrage march, you know? And I was like, yep. chill, I was like, that's mm -hmm. me, bruh. You know? Yeah, me, I said, I'm trying to be on the right side of history, okay? Not me, bruh, you know? So I just think, and, and just saying that, that's a community-led organization. And so you should really tap into community-based organizations in your in your local kind of ecosystems and think about how you can then affect change locally because that's where everything is. I think, you know, people say like, oh, you're, uh, you act like you're the universe, like you're the center of the universe. But I really, tr not, not, I'm just saying in general, that's not, they don't say that. I was like, right? I was like, who, who would like that to tell you that? That's so <laughs> I'm just saying like, generally they say like, oh, millennials, like you guys think you're the center of the universe. Uh, and I take that critique to think, and then think deeper around like, yo, our worlds are 
are us. Like my universe is me, right? And that's almost the struggle that we have every day around uh, connecting with people or connecting with ourselves and thinking about self-love. So I just think like that we can be part of organizations, number one, we can educate ourselves, number two, and, and then also be more reflective around how we participate in Blackdom, right? In both its glory, but also in its Ooh, pain. I like that one. Mm-hmm. Can you say that again? You said how we participate in Blackdom? Blackdom, right? Like, I, uh, Black culture is, uh, like, what would, the people have been posting this around, like, this country does not move forward without Black creativity, right? And we can, as Black immigrants, right? And just immigrants in general, because we think like Southern Europeans, Eastern Europeans, Greeks, Portuguese, Latinx, Asian, Black folks, right? That have immigrated into this country, participate in Black culture, right? But then don't want to be responsible for Black struggle. And nigga, miss me with that shit, you know? Period. So I just think like, just, just know what you're doing, bruh, right? And like really pour into your communities, number two, right? And so it can be around everything. Like I'm part of uh, the Georgia Muslim Voters Project. And, you know, we're talking about- Y'all see this? Huh? I love this. I'm sorry. I'm just giving you more flowers. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, uh, Yeah, it's a great organization. I'm learning a lot, right? And, And sitting in the board, you know, they're really talking about how do they get Black immigrants and Black people into the space of like civic engagement, right? So we're actively like, you can pour into community-led organizations that don't look super Black, right? But just like take care of your people that are around you, right? Uh-huh. And and really try to push and, and be a part of Black's like civil rights movements in this country. Love that. I love that. And I love that you provided some resources for people to get started. And really, for me, I think the most transformative thing that you've kind of shared with me is understanding through like really basic research. There's some really great people on Instagram who are are curating this information um, where you can just educate yourself on what you're, whether you're Somali, whether you're Sudanese, whether you're wherever you're from, right? And and there there is like a really rich story of how um, our people have contributed work together, work side by side and how we've benefited. And I think I've always been able to have more empathy and more um, connection when I understand the history and even just looking at whatever part because there's so many layers to it right Mm -hmm. find one that's of mild interest to you and I think that if you just start to research just a little bit doesn't have to be nothing heavy right even just news articles there's some really great people like I said who are creating curating this information just to kind of get you started into thinking a little bit beyond maybe like the blinders that you may have had like me like I had some of those on unintentionally just because of how I grew up you know so I'm so excited to be slowly pulling those off and expanding my my perspective so thank you for that I had a question at then because I was reflecting on um, how I grew up, right? And I was wondering, like, did you grow up mostly in like a homogenized Eritrean space or like with your family mostly? Like, why do you feel like you weren't tapped into like civil rights, so to speak, or like connected? Yeah, I think, I think, um, I haven't thought a whole lot on it, but like growing up, you guys know my parents were divorced. And mm-hmm. so I spent a lot, a lot of time with my mom. Right. And my mom is obviously African-American, but she grew up overseas. She grew up in Sudan and in Saudi Arabia. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So she often jokes and says that I'm more American than her. But my mom is a convert. She was born under the name of Tanya. And then, you know, my grandfather converted and she converted when she was very young and then moved to Saudia. So she has a very, very unique experience. Me growing up in the States. Right. Right. 
mainly living with my mother, a lot of my friends were black. A lot of my lived experience, my childhood, middle school, high school was predominantly uh, black. Mm -hmm. And when I was with my dad, we lived in predominantly white neighborhoods. And so my, when I was very young, like from like middle school and beyond, I was with my mom. So generally speaking, like it was either I was among black people, not a lot of Muslims. I didn't have Muslim friends until like almost when I got married, right? I just, beyond my cousins and even my cousins were on the West Coast. So I didn't really see or interact with them a lot until like I got much older and I had means to kind of travel on my own. Um, so like, it was like, I was Eritrean more so in terms of my identity up until like fifth, sixth grade. But then it was like a culture shock. You know, I was dropped in Baltimore basically and I was adjusting a lot. And so yeah. it was just like a huge shift in how I identified. I was around a lot of my black family who was on the East coast, et cetera. Um, so it was always like one world or the other. I didn't get exposed to the hybrid, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, and I'm just now finding that synergy and through, you know, like resources you've provided, been able to feel like, oh, there's a lot of overlap here and I don't have to be one or the other right but I didn't identify with a lot of Habesha culture because I didn't grow up around that a whole lot like you know what I mean like yes when I was with my dad we knew Zigni and all this other stuff or you know Habesha culture and like I knew Tigrinya and I could understand a little bit of it but generally speaking because my mother is not Habesha mm -hmm. there was a different experience I had with my Habesha culture than my cousins who went yeah. back home I've never been to Eritrea like they went back home you know in the summer and they, they got a chance to see family and whatever like we didn't do that I've never been to Eritrea right yeah. my dad has never been back since he left so and that was when he was in high school yeah. so so I just have like a different experience of that. But then as I got older and I'm like, wait, there's these two things, like, do I have to pick? And I'm slowly finding that there is an overlap and there is a, a, a balance. And, and, and that's why I try to be really honest about the fact that like, no, I have a, so much to learn in both spaces. Um, and it's been really, really amazing for me to have space like in Rooted Black Girls to be able to talk about that and to learn. Um, and then a lot of the stuff that we've been doing with DNI has also given me access to like professionals who are in the DNI space who can really give me like hard research, right? Statistical yeah. facts. How does this affect like people in working America? And then hearing your, you know, perspective from the medical field of like, how does that impact us in medicine? And then seeing all this research come up, you know, has been really, really amazing. But that's, that's a little bit of like mine. Like, I, I understand yours has been a little bit different. Yeah, um, I, you know, grew up, we moved every four or five years. So I'm like, oh, how can I really you it's know, a lot. Yeah. categorize this, right? And so, I, you know, what's the beauty of that is that I was allowed to like transform, you know, and become like a, a new person. brilliant and different, in yeah. different aspects, really. And so, you know, uh, you think about when we were younger, there was a lot of turmoil happening back home, right? In the homeland. And there was the civil rights movements going on there and the civil civil wars that were going on there rather. And so um, I think about kind of the, the struggle that my parents had being kind of in the United States and not being able to help, especially with family members that yeah. lived there at the time, you know? And so uh, a lot of our parents ended up being part of like the Somali national movement to like, stop the oppression that was going on in Somalia and so that that's what happened in our in our household right but we didn't have that lived experience of like living through a civil war so to speak right mm -hmm. um but uh I I will say that so I you know we always had kind of that civil rights lens inside the house right but I don't necessarily know if we were you know like 
in the house, like Baldwin, right? And so, <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not like Nikki Giovanni and having conversations and meeting in the minds, right? No, that's, okay. that's not the case. But I think we all have this, like, I love coming of age movies in general, shows, shows. And we even talked about this, about Rami or like the show High Fidelity, just like how people come to what's important in their life and how we're always yeah. evolving. And so I think about going to the University of Florida and it's so interesting because my brother and I went to UF around the same time and he really connected to the Muslims, right? And so he was with all the Muslims, I always call them. And he was with like his Arab homeboys mostly and Pakistani because that's how, that's how we grew up mostly. Our messages were straight up Arab and Daisy, right? And it wasn't until I went to the University of Florida where I, among 55,000 students in general, there was a group of 5,000 black folks. And I was like, oh, I'm home. You know, like finally I'd reached a place where I felt mostly comfortable. And so, you know, joined lots of organizations, but I don't think I had um, the skill set yet until I moved out to the Bay Area where people are just postulating and thinking about. And that's where I think I kind of merged my uh, black experience with also my African immigrant experience and really connected with a lot of African immigrant kind of like children of immigrants out there um, and some of my really close friends. And so now as I've kind of come back and merged my lives together, right? I'm thinking about uh, who I was in Florida, lived in Baltimore for a time in the Bay Area and then coming to that person. Now I'm kind of internationalizing myself, so to speak, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think we all have stories where we're connected um, and our struggles can be interconnected and intersections around who we are. And so Black History Month is our history month, point yeah. blank period, bruh, you know? And so there's no there's no reason to dissociate or dismiss uh, ourselves. And, and just to think, you know, there's always like, Clubhouse is so annoying for like, you know, African immigrants versus ADOS communities and it's so whack, right? Yeah. And I think it's not, and we've talked about this, it's not effective, but yeah. I also think that when black immigrants try to divorce themselves from black people and black Americans, it's yeah. really a trauma response around what this country has done to black people and saying out of fear of, of you know, kind of being racialized, tokenized, and, and experiencing just trauma. experiencing trauma and terror, they try to dissociate and separate themselves, right? And they hold them in contempt out of fear that that's one day what will happen to them, you know? And so I think when people say, oh, we're better than them, it's always rooted in fear, bruh, you know, yeah. of like this country having the potential to do what they did to black Americans and people yeah. that were enslaved in this country to African immigrant communities and know that it's, if it's happened before, it's possible. Number one. And number two, if you're not connected in, in the struggle, you could easily be tokenized and weaponized in that way. So I just think it's important. It's important. Black history month, we witty, you know, and uh, whether you turn inwards or you are celebra celebrating black content creators and black designers, right? There's always ways that you could be celebrating the culture, right? But also pouring yeah. and giving back to the culture. Cause yeah. it's, it's gotta be an equal like pouring and giving out of water before. And if not, you're gonna reach an empty vessel at some point, right? Yeah. I so yeah, I don't know. Period. I, don't, I think everything that needs to be said was said Fada. I thank you. Dr. Futter in the Ooh, building. No, don't do that to me. Stop it. <laughs> end call. <laughs> She's like, end, end it right now. But no, seriously, thank you guys so much. We appreciate you. Seriously, Futter, I, I know you don't like to take the praise, but I'm going to still talk about it. I appreciate you. Thank oh, you so much. I appreciate you. Then. 
Yeah. So let's keep the conversation going. If you guys are watching on Instagram, leave a comment below. Let us know how you guys are celebrating. And if you guys are any on any other platform, please make sure you rate and review and we will see you next time. Peace. Thank you.